Welcome to the One Degree Shift Podcast, where we learn the little changes that future-proof some of our favorite companies and teams. Here's your host, Eric Termundi. Sean Canungo, my favorite innovation speaker. Welcome to the One Degree Shift Podcast. Thanks, Eric, so much. So glad to be on here. I know we've been buddies for a while and, you know, really excited about this conversation. Your career has exploded in the speaking space. I remember not too long ago when you moved over to speaking full time, and now I can't keep up with you, whether it be your Instagram, your LinkedIn, and all of the incredible content you're creating. What is it about innovation that's so sexy? And what is it about Sean that people are loving so much? Well, you know what? I don't know. I, I think it's my good looks in terms of the, uh, what, what they're liking I, I so much. That. Yeah. <laughs> You know, for me, you know, innovation has been so important in terms of my career. I started my career in the innovation space, working for Singapore Press Holdings, um, helping them figure out what the future of media would look like. Then I went into Deloitte. I was mainly on the sort of strategy consulting side, helping organizations at the end there, really around innovation, like true, true innovations, whether it's incorporating things like AI or crowdsourcing or drones or film or or you know, doing things in different ways. And to me, this is part of my DNA is to think differently and help organizations do this. And there's nothing that uh, gets me up in the morning, like helping an organization take a different path and take a new business model to, uh, and, and create new markets for themselves. Like that, that gets me going. And it's weird that it does. I, I, I can't tell you uh, how it does, but it does. So you mentioned true innovation. What, what is true innovation? Because it's not just technology. I mean, you mentioned a few things around AI, robotics, et cetera, drones, but it's not just technology. What, what is true innovation to you and, and how can we realize what true innovation is for us on both a personal and organizational level? Well, you know, when I say true innovation as opposed to just innovation, actually there is no difference. There's only, there is only interest innovation. But I say true innovation because a lot of organizations talk about innovation. But I would refer that to more of innovation theater or more of cinema. Like, you know, there's a lot of people that, yeah, I do this as well. I go onto stages, you know, I walk into meetings and I talk about innovation and organizations do this as well. They do a lot of theater, like hackathons, like having an innovation committee and talking about new ideas. And, you know, this is all theater. It's box office. It's sexy. It's really great to talk about. But true innovation is actually about implementing, taking experiments, trying something different, not only from a technology perspective, but from a process, talent, brand, experience perspective, and looking at innovation in different ways and, and trying to create new values in new ways. And so that's what innovation is. And that's why I distinguish the idea of true innovation and innovation, because, you know, at the end of the day, you have to actually do something to make innovation happen. Okay, so I've got a bit of a bone to pick, and I'm hoping you can help me oh, with this. Oh, boy. Oh boy. Yeah, here we go. Oh boy. It's get the, the podcast is getting let's, spicy. That's right. Watch out. Turn your volume up. Let's get into it. <laughs> okay. So innovation isn't new. We've been innovating since the beginning of time. It's just perhaps now that it's happening faster. But if I'm selling shoes and I've got the same material, the same laces, and I've got a different marketing plan, or I've got a different employee base, or I've got a different way of doing things, that's what makes me innovative. Is that, is that safe to say? No, not at all. Tell me what innovation means because when I look at innovation, 
innovation to me seems like the ability to act on creativity, the ability to do something different. And it doesn't just have to be product innovation. It could be the way that we're marketing. It could be the way that we're manufacturing. It could be something that differentiates us from something else, which inherently has to be true in order for our product or service to succeed in the market. Is that not true? That is true. That piece is true. And I like that you're thinking about innovation from, you know, multiple angles. And I think it's the combination of all those different, those different innovations, whether it's in your process or whether it's your marketing or whether it's in your, your product that makes it true innovation. You, you know, you bring up shoes. Let's be honest, the innovations in shoes over the last, you know, hundred years have been fairly limited. I mean, there's shoes, and there's certain mm-hmm. products out there that they won't, I mean, fashion is another one where at the end of the day, you're, you're still wearing clothing and the innovations in the product is limited. Right. So in those categories where you're still seeing shoes, um, you're seeing organizations innovate around it, how they make money, the business model, the experience, you know, you think about, you know, like shoes as fashion, you think about how Zara has innovated. It's not through the product, mm-hmm. it's not through their marketing, mm-hmm. but it's through the process. They get their, they get their clothes to their stores faster than anybody else. You look at, uh, you know, you're talking about shoes and, and fashion, like Supreme. Supreme has innovated through their business model. They purposely keep their stuff scarce in order to drive the underground market. Like anybody with that type of demand would say, well, why don't we just jack up the price and then you know, we can make way more money. But what they have done is created a unique brand experience by keeping their stuff scarce. That's an example of a revenue uh, model um, innovation. So I think number one, it's looking at innovation from all these different lenses. And number two, it's, it's taking all these different innovations together and saying, Okay, so now this organization is innovative. Like, if you can see right. the entire, you know, front and back end of a business, then you can really truly call it innovative. I totally get that. And then if that then then that says to me though that innovation isn't a luxury; it's a requirement. Would you agree with that? Well, today, I mean, definitely, it's a requirement. And the reason why I get excited about innovation is because the way that I was taught about strategy and innovation is fundamentally changing as well. And the way that we look at and how we measure companies, I mean, there's amazing, I mean, everybody comes out with amazing books all the time. There's good to great and this and that, blah, blah, blah. And they all have a, a script on how to make innovation happen. But, the, the, right, the, right. but it's always changing how organizations operate, how consumers consume organizations or use organizations. It's always changing. So even if you are a student, even if you've you know, helped organizations in the past with innovation strategies, it's probably not going to work in the future. And you're always constantly learning and adapting to new ways of doing things. So what works today with respect to being innovative and iterative that perhaps didn't work before? What are some of the big changes you've seen around innovation in the last 10 years? Well, what is working today is not looking at what's happening in the past and really making your own mark. I think there's only a couple things that really keep you innovative for the long term. Number one is you're continuously learning about how to incorporate and, and, and use different technologies. I think the idea of experimentation and trying new ideas quickly is more important than ever before. Speed and being fluid and dynamic as an organization from a structural perspective, from an operational perspective is very important. I think it's constantly be on, on top of whatever new technologies it is, whether it's new elements around automation or using the crowd 
or using, you know, people around you, leverage assets to get work done. You know, I, th I think these are some of the things that will always be the case. I think over the last 10 years, what has really transformed um, some organizations um, over the last 10 years, uh, number one is the, the idea of thinking and acting like a media company is something that has really come up in the last 10 years. What, what does people, that mean? This idea that you can actually build a reputable brand or a brand that actually engages with your end customers by using content, by creating a relationship with your audience. I think that this is new. This is something that you know, people mm -hmm. didn't do 20 years ago. It is a new thing. Right. Obviously, that's going to be changing um, in the future. You know, innovations like pre-selling without even building anything. I think that's a new type of innovation, a revenue model mm -hmm. that has not been existed. You look at somebody like Tesla, Elon Musk saying, hey, we're going we're gonna to ship all these Teslas. And by the way, you can, you can purchase it online. And, you know, they were able to sell, you know, 400,000 cars without even building it. I think that's a new type of innovation that has come up in the last 10 years. But largely, I think, if we look at the future and how organizations will continue to innovate, it's, it's that idea of rapid being rapid and dynamic and being experimental that will be um, everlasting. And this whole idea of constantly learning, like I wouldn't even give example, you know, the, the, the other examples of, I think how we learned business back in the day was product location, the traditional things that we you learn in, in business. It is really being flipped. Like there are organizations that are challenging the status quo on those elements. Okay, so I'm on board. I get it. And I'm not Elon Musk. I'm working for Acme Co. in the office in Edmonton. I'm on the, the front line, so to speak. And I've got 121 emails in my inbox. I've got three hours of meetings today. I've got 15 calls I need to make. And I've got six unread uh, voicemails. I've got to pick up my kids up after school. And I've got a deadline on Friday that I have to hit. How do I create time and space to be innovative? What does everyday innovation look like? And how can I be more creative in my role so that I can bring new ideas to the table and help see my company thrive? And I think it's the fallacy is that many people think that innovation is a process that is not part of our daily lives, or it's not something that we can think about until everything else is done. But I think if we can look at everything thing that we do and even from an incremental standpoint looking at what we do from a you know 5 to 10% better perspective and what i call core innovations then you know that's something that everybody in the organization can do like you know whether you're on the front lines whether you're the you know you're the ceo you're the, the it guy or you're sally from accounting you know you can think about how do we make things more optimized more efficient though these are incremental innovations they're all over the organization and I think that's the first thing. And then the other thing is, at the end of the day, if you want to make some of those transformational innovations happening within the organization, you know, some of the things that I alluded to, whether it's your business model or, you know, your job, you know, from an individual standpoint, you know, you, you do have to make time for it, for those transformational pieces. You, you have to make innovation a priority within your, your time. And it's something you have to make happen. So, I mean, if you're not going to make it happen, you don't have to. And then you, you, know, you can let the market decide if whatever you're doing is you know, relevant. So at the end of the day, if you want to make true transformational innovation, you have to put time aside to make that happen. You have to work with right. others to, to make that happen. And you don't have to. No one's asking you to. You don't have to. The market will decide if that's, that's right or your boss will decide if that's right at the end of the day too. So right. that, that's the punchline.
Okay, so Kathy Kinlock is the president of BCIT here in Vancouver. She's an absolute hero of mine. And she realized that her strategic plan for the the institute was not moving fast enough. So she scrapped it one year in and, and started over because she realized they weren't innovating fast enough. And it's an incredible story and she's an incredible leader. And when I look at incremental innovation and I look at long-term strategy and goal setting, how does innovation work or fit in with a five or a 10-year plan? Because I see that there's it almost seems like a conflict to me. How do we be different and new and iterative and agile while still setting our sights on this five-year target down the road, knowing that we're going to be a different company perhaps in three or six months than we were today, and that we can't possibly think that far ahead when we, we, we sort of discount the innovation that's going to be happening inevitably along the way? Yeah. So listen, this is this is it. This is the conflict. This is what we're talking about in terms of you know every organization struggling with. And I spent 12 years at Deloitte, 10 of which I did this for hundreds of organizations, five and 10 year plans. And at the end of it, over the last two, three years, I realized that the five, 10 year plan is an archaic model of how we run organizations. And so I think at the end of the day, I think what we need to do a better job at, I'm, I'm not saying that no, no. You know, having, yeah, I get it. having a five to 10 year vision of where you may want to go is not important. But I think if we get so romantic about following the, the five to 10 year plan, we're going to miss a lot of things. We're going to miss um, some of the new innovations. And I think that's why experimentation is really the new planning. And this is why I you know, always encourage leaders to figure out how are we going to make strides in the next six months, six weeks, and six days to really make an, an, an impact. And five years is too long. Too long. It's way too long. I, I'm going to give you an example of this. Like, you know, we're almost up to 2020 here, right? And in 2015, mm-hmm. in 2015, you know, we did this massive report on like all the things that would change in the year 2020 for organizations. Like we looked up right, like right. thousands of different trends and drivers that would change the world and thinking about, you know, this is what's going to happen in 2020. So literally in 2015, everybody was creating 2020 plans, just similarly to how people are creating 2020 plans now. People are doing in 2015 because we're sexy. Let's make a five-year plan. Well, a lot of the innovations that we were talking about back in 2015 are either no longer relevant today or that have sort of passed some prime and we didn't include new innovations. Like, can you imagine we had the smart, we we interviewed um, the smartest people on the planet, think tanks, academia, incubation, innovators, like, you know, all around the world, entrepreneurs. And we miss things like blockchain. We miss things like voice. And then we overemphasize shitty technologies at the, you know, amazing technologies at the time, like drones, like drones were everywhere in 2014, 2015. And now they're they're nowhere. And like we we, we said, VR was going to be a huge thing. It was going to enhance everywhere. So, and that, and I'm I'm only talking from a technology perspective. So we can be wildly off in terms of how we strategize and, and, and you know, think about technology. So that's why we have to be more experimental and try things out and see if it actually fits with our ongoing strategy. And I actually encourage organizations to have a long-term vision, but at the end of the, at the, end of the day, when it comes to your, stra- your strategy, think about it in six months. I think the idea of the five-year and 10-year plan is dead. And we have to think a lot more about being dynamic and and fluid and unfortunately that's the game now 
And um, I think we have to think in, in a portfolio of experiments and, and still have that long-term goal, but it's strapping people. The, the, the five-year, 10-year plan is definitely strapping people. Okay. So last, last question I've got for you. And, and by the way, I'm totally on board. This, this, this makes a lot of sense to me. Okay. But, so but I got you, you on board on like three things that you haven't like, di- you haven't like totally opposed to everything I've said yet. That's right. I mean, you're the go-to guy. It'd be tough to oppose someone like you, but we're not done yet. So give me a chance. Okay, still. good. Okay. Five year, 10 year is, is scrap. We need a culture of innovation, experimentation. As a leader in a business, how do I make that change? How do I create time and space for myself and my employees so that we can be innovative? Like, I mean, this is a fundamental change from how we've st- like looked at strategic planning and goal setting. So then walk me through what I would do in the next six months to become more innovation focused and how does that trickle down to my front line? Yeah, so if you are a leader in this space, I think at the end of the day, you should have a mindset around this. You should understand that the way that you run your organizations today needs to fundamentally change. And so that means actually relinquishing some of the power that you might have and allowing Mm -hmm. your people to be more empowered with their new ideas and trying things out and they may not work out and being open to new concepts and being uh, faster with with, with, with decision making, I think I think from a leadership perspective, you know, it does look a lot of a, a lot different, and we have to ask for a lot more help. You know, leader back in the day was somebody that we would say, well, you know, you know, this person has all the ideas, all the all the plans, all the strategic directions, and then I think a leader today is a lot more nimble, and they 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 sit down a lot more, they listen a lot more, and let their people sort of um, help them a- along the way. I think that's number one. And that's just the mindset piece. I think mm-hmm. number two is, is taking a look at the organization and really designing uh, your strategy around a portfolio of, of experiments, whether it's experiments within your business model or, or processes, and look at your organizations in, in that sort of portfolio and, and figure out, okay, so what are the, what are the core things that we can really um, innovate on today? Um, and from a transformational standpoint, how can we continuously try to innovate from that lens as well? And so that's what I would say is like document all those experiments that you want to make and, you know, design your team around that. And I think, you know, it's hard to do. I'm not saying I'm not sitting here saying it's easy to do because, you know, people have their cash cows. People have their, you know, they're making money in certain ways. It's not easy to do. And every, everybody could do it. Then they could, they would be sustaining long lasting organizations. Mm-hmm. And so that's why it's hard. And, and, and to be honest with you, I think one of the things, and, and this is controversial to say, but I think one of the things that is holding organizations back is humans. And humans are amazing. Humans are creative. They come up with amazing, amazing innovations. But I think with large organizations, they have gotten fat with a lot of people that creates bureaucracy and hierarchy and they become slow with people. And um, I think we need to, in this next era, I think organizations are going to see that working in an ecosystem perspective and leveraging um, core capabilities from others will be faster. And, and you'll see organizations be a lot, le- I mean, you're already seeing it today, but organizations being a lot leaner and that makes you more flexible. I right. see small business being uh, definitely the new business and, 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 and organizations that you want to work for. Sean, I always appreciate your time. This, is, this has been fantastic. Is there, uh, is there anything else you want to share w- with us today? Well, number one is that, you know, it would be really helpful if everybody, you know, rated and reviewed and shared this podcast because, you know, you're, you're doing such an amazing job at curating all these uh, amazing leaders. And I think the last thing I would say is that when it comes to innovation is that everyone's job 
is to really to think about how they would take themselves out of a job um, every single day. And so if you're, if you're listening to this and you're like driving to work or you're, you're running or whatever, it's like, think about like, this is what I did, like going into work every day. And what I do today is like, how do I like take myself out of a job? Like, what is something that I can do to put me unease, but might change the, my own trajectory in terms of my career right. or my organization. And it could be something simple, like sending that email to the, the CEO of another company, or whether it's trying something new that's small that may, might not impact your core business, but you know, something that you would never do. So I think it's taking those, those steps and everybody has the capability of do that. And the reason why people don't take it is because of the fear and it holds people back. And listen, it, I think about this too all the time as well. It's hard to do, but I think if we can have every day to think about at least one thing, it would be fantastic. Man, what, what, a, what a perfect way to end the One Degree Shift podcast with a series of One Degree Shifts. That wow. Hey, we're coming full circle just like that. There you go. Sean, thanks so much for your time. I, I really appreciate it. Uh, for those who are listening on the other end, make sure to check out Sean's notes at the bottom here. Connect with him. See him speak. He is uh, as good as it gets. And I, I look forward to seeing you all on the other side. Sean, thanks Thank so much. You. Thank you, brother. Okay. For more podcasts, show notes, and to connect with our speaker today, visit erictermundi.com. That's E-R-I-C-T-E-R-M-U-E-N-D-E.com. And click the podcast tab. Thanks for listening.